Welcome to AEM Early Access, a collaboration between Brown University Emergency Medicine and the editors of the Academic Emergency Medicine Journal. I'm Dr. Gita Pensa, and here's what we've got for you today. Today on the podcast, we are talking about patient-centered care, which is care that's concordant with patient values and preferences. There's a distinction to be made between the fact that we feel that all medical care is patient-centered versus us rendering care that is in line with and prioritizes what a patient wants. The difficulty lies in the fact that as physicians, we might make assumptions about what patients would want, and they may differ from what we find when we actually ask. Which brings us to today's paper, a new one in AEM entitled, Patient Values and Preferences in Pulmonary Embolism Testing in the Emergency Department. First author, Vidushi Swarup, is here with us today to discuss it. Vidushi is the Acting Research Manager for the Hematology-Oncology Clinical Research Group at St. Michael's Hospital in Toronto, Canada. She focuses largely on clinical trials involving bleeding disorders and rare hematologic pathologies. This paper was a result of her master's work at McMaster University. She worked under the supervision of Dr. Kirsten DeWitt. Don't forget to read the full text of this article available on our blog at brownemblog.com. Hi, Vidushi. Good morning. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. So your paper looks at patient values, preferences, and expectations for pulmonary embolus testing in the emergency department. Before we get into that, though, I'd like to have a discussion about patient-centered care. So I, like most doctors, feel like everything we do is patient-centered, but that's not exactly what we mean here. So it's a big topic, uh, but can you talk a little bit about what patient-centered care means in the context of this paper? Yeah, absolutely. So um, patient-centered care in this paper really looked at whether the care physicians are providing address or align with Uh, the patient's values and preferences. And the only really way to look at that accurately is to ask the patients themselves and find out what their values, what their preferences are. So there have been some studies that looked at achieving patient-centered care in environments where physicians have more time with the patient, like family medicine or chronic care settings. Um, But there isn't a lot of research involving emergency departments. Um, So, you know, we we can't really generalize the, the values and preferences in environments where there's the advantage of time or there's there's the advantage of privacy. Um, So do those values and do those preferences change now that we're in a more rapid um, outpatient setting is kind of what this, what patient-centered care is looking at for this paper. Excellent. So what do we know about the potential benefits of patient-centered care in medicine in general? Right. So um, one of the, one of the methods used to, um, help patient-centered care, help facilitate patient-centered care is shared decision-making. And that's a process whereby physicians and patients work together to determine which testing or treatment option works best for the patient. Um, So um, for people who might be unfamiliar with that process, it's uh, the physician who's the expert will go through each of the options. They'll go through the risks and benefits for each option and uh, fully inform the patient on what their options are. The patient also shares their preferences and values, and together they come to a decision on what's going to be the most suitable option for that patient. So, for example, it can help individualize um, antibiotic treatment for patients uh, with UTIs, 
and help determine, you know, based on what side effects the patient is willing to tolerate and what they're not willing to tolerate, which antibiotic treatment might be the best option for them. Um, so there has been um, there have been a few studies which looked at shared decision making in the emergency department as well. There was a study in 2016 that looked at uh, disposition for low risk chest pain in patients with possible acute coronary syndrome. Patients were randomized to either receive um, and go through the shared decision-making process with their physician to determine disposition um, or to a control group where, you know, they just followed standard practice. And it did turn out that for the patients who received um, or went through this shared decision-making process, they did find a decreased rate of admission to the emergency department for further cardiac testing, um, and they did find increased rates of discharge. So I think it really boils down to um, you know, communicating with the patients and gauging how comfortable they are with accepting some level of risk if they are discharged, um, and how that could that has the potential to you know increase the rate of discharge, improve patient outcomes, and at the same time improving uh, patient satisfaction. Fantastic. So steering towards your paper now, patient values, preferences, and expectations for the workup of PE in the emergency department. What? gave your team the idea to study this topic in particular? Is there is there any data about this that preceded your study? So, um, so this was part of my master's thesis that I completed. Um, my supervisor, Dr. Kirsten DeWitt, uh, she's actually an emergency and a thrombosis physician. So she's in this unique um, position where she knows a lot about thrombosis and she obviously knows a lot about emergency medicine. So this project was part of a, was a piece of a larger effort to ensure that evidence-based guidelines for PE testing are followed in the emergency. Um, and a part of this was to answer the question, are patients driving testing decisions in the emergency? What expectations do they have from their physician or from their experience as a whole? Um, so that's why we took a qualitative approach um, and it's more hypothesis generating to help identify gaps that needed to be addressed um, or considered when designing future studies. I did conduct a systematic review um, that looked at the shared decision-making processes in the, in, um, the emergency departments uh, that, have, that had been conducted thus far. And, and that's kind of where that paper on um, disposition of patients uh, who have low-risk chest pain came about. But there's, there's still very little evidence looking at, you know, what are emergency department patient values and expectations and preferences when it comes to PE testing. Okay, so tell me a little bit about your study design and your methods. Right. So um, in short, constructive, constructivist grounded theory, um, which is the method that we used, um, is it's a way to systematically analyze qualitative data. And the themes are actually co-constructed between the researcher and, and patients. So it's a very iterative process whereby we start with general points of interest. So what are your expectations from the emergency, from your physician? And as the interviews went on, we found that patients tend to talk about some things that we may not have considered in the initial interview script. And then we add those questions in. So we try and maximize information on emerging themes. Um, and yeah, it's a very co-constructed process. Okay. So these patients had a 30-minute semi-structured interview while they were awaiting their test results in the emergency department. Can you tell me a little bit about the questions in the interview? Yeah. So we started off with, you know, what's your expectation from the emergency department, from your physician? Um, we did delve into, you know, how to try and gauge how much knowledge they have on blood, blood clots and PE and how much, how much pre-existing knowledge they have. 
and the confidence they had in their physician and the tests that they received. Um, and yeah, there were, there were a lot of emerging themes that came out of that, especially when it came to testing and, and what they expected their physician to do. Um, and we also asked them how satisfied they were what, how confident do they expect their physician to be when giving a diagnosis? So would they expect 99% confidence, 100% um, confidence, things like that? All right. So you conducted 30 interviews between October 24th, 2017 and April 17th, 2019. Can you tell me a little bit about the demographics of the patients involved? Yeah, so we had about uh, 14 female and 16 male patients. They're all adults. Uh, the medium age was around 60. All were being tested for PE, so either a D-dime or a CTPE was ordered. Um, and we did I did work out of two emergency departments in Hamilton. So one was at Jorvinsky Hospital and the other one was Hamilton General. All right. So I won't make you explain constructivist grounded theory, but you you used that to analyze the transcripts of all of these interviews for themes. I mean, you did explain it briefly, which was very helpful. Thank you. <laughs> but um Let's let's talk about your results. You uh, established four major themes and then sub-themes within those. Can you take us through them? Let's start with your first theme. Um, so this first theme um, actually came out as an emerging theme. So let me, sorry, let me just scroll up. I want to read the exact theme out for you here. So the first theme, yeah, patient satisfaction comes from addressing uh, their primary concern. So as I was interviewing patients, I noticed that patients held on to one thing in particular. And this is something that um, us reviewers had found when we were looking through the interview transcript. They either kept bringing up chest pain or they kept bringing up that they wanted to go home. They kept bringing up certain things. Uh, so we grouped all of that together and started asking the question, um, what's your primary concern from, from today? What's, what's your primary concern? So that resulted in those four sub-themes, um, symptomatic relief. So either, you know, they they really wanted their chest pain to go away. They really wanted a, something to address their chest pain. Finding a diagnosis. Um, so some patients were like, you know, chest pain or whatever symptoms they were experiencing, I just want to know what it is. I just want to get to the bottom of what's going on with my body. Some patients expected to get tested. So that's why they came to the emergency. They're expecting a CT scan. They're expecting to go through multiple tests. Um, and some patients just wanted to get out of there. They just said, you know what, um, I'm here because this is something that's bugging me. It's keeping me from going back to work. Can you please resolve it so that I can get back to work? So it's um, that's how that first theme came about. Okay. How about the second theme? Um, so the second theme, which was that patients had this preference for imaging over clinical examinations, um, was, came about when I asked them about their testing expectations. So we found that there was this expectation for tests. Um, and for some of them, as I mentioned previously, that's the reason why they're there. They're there to get this, this test. And with that came this perception that CT scans are the most accurate form of, of testing. You know, they're these big, expensive machines. They're in the emergency department. Get me that test. And then that's what's going to help them be more comfortable with, with their testing expectations or feel like those have been met. Um, I did ask them, you know, what if your physician uh, just was able to exclude a CT scan based off of a clinical exam and a blood test? What if they, you know, based off of their initial investigations, they were able to say, you know what, you don't really need the CT scan today. And a lot of them said, you know what, but the CT scan is why I'm here. 
um, it's the most accurate test. And just a clinical exam or just a negative blood test, there's there's a they felt that there was human error associated with that, and that did not exist in a CT scan. Um, and I did ask that question, you know, if your doctor told you that a clinical exam and a negative D-dimer was more effective at ruling out PE than a CT scan, they did require more um, explanation, and that actually led to one of my other themes. Okay, very interesting. All right, let's talk about the third theme. Yeah, so the third theme was that patients expect 100% confidence from their emergency physician um, when giving a diagnosis. So I, I did ask them, you know, on a scale from zero to 100%, um, how much certainty do you expect your doctor to give you when they when they give you a diagnosis? And they said, I want 100% certainty. And when I asked them more about how they would come to that 100% certainty level, it's the one of the sub-themes that came out of that was that, well, my emergency department physician conducted multiple tests. They didn't just do one thing. They did many things. And because they did all of those things, you know, the scan, the ultrasound, the chest x-ray, the blood work, that's how they were able to come um, to a decision with 100% certainty. Um, we did find actually a bit of a contradiction where um, some patients did were aware that CT scans were not 100% accurate, but they still expect 100% accuracy from their physician. Um, and when they were questioned about that contradiction, again, they brought up the fact that, you know, more tests needed to be done in order for, the, for that physician to, to rely on that. So they do, even for patients who do recognize that CT scans um, might be flawed, um, they still expected that 100% accuracy from, from their doctor. And if they didn't get that, then they were like, you know what, I'm going to go to another emergency department. Um, if you if you can't be 100% confident in your diagnosis, um, then I'm going to go somewhere else. Okay, this is giving me a little bit of agita. <laughs> okay, <laughs> right, let's go to your fourth theme. Yeah. So the fourth, the fourth theme, which I think is um, – really kind of at the heart of patient-centered care also, is that patients expect uh, individualized care throughout the entire emergency department visit. And part of that comes from uh, direct physician communication. So as you know, with emergency um, physicians, they're super busy. They have a very limited amount of time to be able to actually talk to the patients. Um, but they do need that direct physician communication. They want to hear it from them, um, whether or not it's okay to go home, whether or not a, a CT scan was needed, um, whether or not specifics about their case was considered when they ordered a CT scan. Um, so I actually have a quote here from um, a patient I was talking to, and I asked them, you know, what, how how was your discussion with your doctor today? And, you know, if I told you about this evidence-based guideline that applies to many patients, how do you feel about that? And um, he said, I have a recent history of stroke of PFO. And each time I come to the emergency, it looks like nobody knows anything about that. So there is a bit of a disconnect. So there's this fear that they're an exception to the rule and they need that physician to tell them, you know, I actually know this about you and considering this, I still think this way if that makes sense. Um, and so that kind of leads into, and I touched on this earlier, the idea of cognitive reassurance. So explanations and education from the physician in order to verify that their testing and their course throughout the emergency department had been case specific. Um, so even though we're using these standardized guidelines, um, we're still looking at you 
and and the specificities of your case in order to come to certain testing or treatment related decisions. Okay. So so to reiterate these four themes, first, patient satisfaction comes from addressing their primary concern. Second, patients prefer imaging over clinical evaluation. Third, patients expect 100% confidence from their physician when given a diagnosis. And fourth, patients expect individualized care throughout their ED visit. Yes, correct? Yes, that's okay. right. So, so these are a bit at odds with the way emergency physicians often see their role, uh, which is probably very good for us to know. For instance, um, we are very much encouraged to reduce imaging, and there are whole clinical decision support tools built into our practice around this. Uh, and at the same time, we are also very much encouraged to have good patient satisfaction. And we like to deal in, in probabilities and likelihoods, but patients want 100% confidence and uh, conversations to bridge these gaps take a lot of time, which is one thing that emergency physicians don't have. So, mm-hmm. so Absolutely. Where, where do you think we should start with this? Yeah, no, I think that's, that's a great question. So um, yeah, I think, I think the main point of this paper is that there are knowledge gaps. There are communication gaps between physician and patient. And that's to no fault of anybody's. It's just, it could be just inherent to the emergency department environment, but it can lead to a lot of misconceptions that I talked about. So one of them being the idea that they came for a CT scan, and that's the only thing that's going to tell them whether or not they have a PE or not. They'll be able to see it on there. Can't my doctor just see it on the CT scan? So I think a good start would be uh, to ask the patients, what are their expectations? What are they looking for? And then how do we assure that this evidence-based guideline that is standardized, that the purpose is to reduce imaging, for example, still taken to, still reassure the patient that it's taken to a, it's taken their specific case into consideration and it still applies. Um, Sometimes, and and there was a study done on this, um, sometimes it could be as simple as saying, I carefully considered your case and for this, this, this reason, I don't think you need a CT. This is the risk of you going home without one. Here are some instructions if you experience symptoms. Um, But I think these are all of the investigations that I can do for you in the emergency department, and and here's why. So it could just be that cognitive reassurance, making sure that they feel heard, right? You know, you've asked that question, what's your primary concern today? What's, What's a question that you really need answered? And then when you give that answer, just making sure that they feel it's this is something that is specific to them. The the decision that was made is something that's specific to them, and um, still aligns with their values and preferences as um, an emergency department patient. Well, that is really helpful. Thank you very much. And uh, any final thoughts on your paper before we head out? Um, you know, actually, before this podcast, I was doing a little bit um, more reading. As as you know, this this um, work that I did was in from 2017 to 2019, which is for my master's project. And um, I think one thing that I kind of wanted to highlight was that patient engagement is more about improvements in the individual health outcomes. I think we lead a, we read a lot of papers on population based health outcomes. And I think it's important to take a look at individual health outcomes like patient satisfaction and patient safety and take them into consideration when we're coming up with new guidelines or testing decisions and treatment decisions, because I feel like they're only going to be effective if the patients are really understanding um, what they actually mean. 
Well, thank you so much for your time and your work. And it's been great talking to you. No problem. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this month's AEM Early Access. The full text of this article is available on our blog at brownemblog.com, open access for a limited time. Check out all of our podcasts on iTunes. Search for AEM Early Access, all one word. Today's music is by Scott Holmes. I'm Dr. Gita Pensa, and we'll see you next time.